Our passage this morning is Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19. And Ace is going to read for us. If you find Proverbs 6 in your Bibles. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven things that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil. A false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. Thank you, Ace. Let's pray together. Father, here we are, returning to your word together. Please speak to us. We have the children in with us, and I pray that you would please speak to them. As a kid in church, sometimes it can seem like you're tagging along to something that everybody else is doing. But we know that you have a, a deep love for each child that's here. And I pray just for your blessings over them and that you would speak to them and that your word would be intelligible to them and for all of us that it would make sense and be understandable and beyond that that it would be transforming to us. May we be transformed by the renewing of our minds together now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for praying with me. There are things that the Lord hates. Did you know that? That there are things that our Lord, our God, hates, can't stand, are an abomination to him. They disgust him. He hates them. Now, I think we know that humans hate things. I think each of you here could probably say that you have something that you hate. Uh, If you're on Facebook, you may have seen I posted the question on there as a way to get examples for my sermon, I just said, quick poll, would you please take a moment and just leave a comment with naming something that you can't stand, something that you hate. And within like 24 hours, I had almost 70 responses, which for a Matt Broadway Facebook post is insane. I'm lucky if I get one like on anything I ever post. 70 responses, people quickly naming off, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, I can't stand this. And a broad list of things. I'll share some of them with you. I won't tell you who's, who posted what. It ranged from, you know, sort of silly things that really aren't hatred so much as preferences. And, you know, I think we all know that. Um, some of the things that were mentioned were Taco Bell. Uh, liver and onions. Somebody, I think Norma actually posted, and then somebody came right behind and said, hey, I'll take all the liver and onions. I think Dawn <laughs> likes them. Diets. Duke Blue Devils. <laughs> Carolina basketball. One of our friends uh, that lives in Cary posted, cords, tangled cords, long cords, short cords, cords in my way, all the cords. <laughs> And then there was more serious stuff. The first post that came in had to do with people. Several people indicated that they hate liars. Uh, 
They hate liars. They had different words for it. Uh, some people hated hypocrites. Uh, but people really hate liars. People hate closed-minded people, conceited people. People hate people who hate other people because they're different. People hate ungrateful people. People hate adults who don't do what they say they're going to do. People hate people who can't get out of the turn lane without blocking traffic. Bad drivers came up a lot. People hate people who abuse others. Child abusers came up a lot. Animal abusers came up actually more than child abusers. And then others listed things, not people, but things or behaviors. Um, Some people listed things like political discussions, impatience, lying and abuse. Abuse really came up probably more than anything in terms of behaviors. Negativity, assumptions, cancer. There's all kinds of stuff that people hate. I could keep going, but I'm not going to list everything. There's 70 things. We know that people hate things, and we know that we tend to hate things. I was a little surprised at how many of the responses weren't things, but were people. That people just openly hate other people because of the behaviors that they exhibit that they don't like. And that's a common, it's a common human thing. Hatred. But God hates things? God hates people? That's staggering because we also know that God is love. Consider John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So God loves the world. He loves the world, and that means all the people of the world. He loves the world enough to send his own son to die for them. Who do you love enough to either die yourself for them or for your child to die for them. So God loves the people of the world. But then we also have Psalm 5, 4 through 6. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. You abhor- the Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. So on the one hand, God is unbelievably loving, and yet, he hates. You have 1 John 4, 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. And then you have Psalm eleven five: The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked, and the one who loves violence. So how, how are we to understand this? How are we to understand this relationship between love and hate? Well, I would suggest, and this is something that I need to give more study to biblically and more thought, but I would suggest, something for us to consider, is that it's impossible to truly love without hatred. That true love requires hatred to also exist. God loves the people of this world, and therefore he hates anyone or anything that would destroy the people of this world. You know, whatever we love has an opposite hatred to it. 
You know, the people who put bad drivers hate bad drivers because they love unhindered progress toward their destination. People who hate abuse and abusers hate abuse and abusers because they love innocence and they love safety for the innocent and the vulnerable. And they love the innocent and the vulnerable. How could you love the innocent and the vulnerable and not hate abuse and abusers who would destroy them? We hate liars because we love understanding what's true. And so God is a perfect love and his hatred is also perfect. God does hate. God does hate things and God does hate people. The Bible clearly teaches it. It's not because he's mean or grumpy. It's because he loves so perfectly, so eternally. So we're going to today look at these four verses and we're going to seek to understand what God hates. And in the process, we're going to seek to understand what God loves. We're going to look at our lives in that mirror and we're going to together move toward Jesus Christ in light of these things. So let's look at them together. I'll read the passage again, and we'll go through each one. Verse 16 of Proverbs 6. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Hatred, abomination. These are, word, these are not preferences like our friends feeling toward the cords. These are things that he sets himself against that he purposes himself to one day eventually eradicate. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers." Now, we'll go through these. We won't spend a great deal of time because they're pretty straightforward. That's one of the the good things about Proverbs. But first, haughty eyes. This means proud eyes. Haughty, proud, arrogant, superior, disdainful eyes. Eyes that see others as less. Eyes that see others as less than. Eyes that tell the brain, I'm better than that person. Because of their situation in life, I'm better than them. Because of their age, I'm better than them. Because of their race, I'm better than them. Those are haughty eyes. Now, what's interesting to me about this is this first one is not an action. It's a perception. You can have haughty eyes, proud eyes, and never act on those perceptions. You might never say, I think I'm better than you. And you may not ever even act like you think you're better than someone. But God hates it when we just think that we're better than other people. When we just see people like that, like they're less than us. He hates that. God loves lowly people. You see, all through the Bible, he loves the lowly, the humble. And when Jesus came, he came with humble eyes. And when Jesus transforms you, he transforms your eyes to see others as valuable and respectable and worthy of service and love and honor. So God hates haughty eyes. He also hates a lying tongue. 
Now, this is interesting lately, if you've been watching the news, and I have no intentions of getting into political business here. Although the kingdom of God is inherently political, we have a leader, we have Jesus Christ as our king, and ultimately one day it will be the one government that stands. But God hates a lying tongue. It's been comical to listen to the news lately because there's so much discussion about what the word lie means. And we've heard other phrases like, alternative facts and untrue claims. And I heard an NPR story where people were angry because they felt that an individual had lied and that the journalists were not doing what they're supposed to do because they weren't calling them lies. And I really respected NPR's approach. They said, we looked up the definition of the word lie and it involves intent. The word lie means you intend to deceive people. Whereas alternative facts, untrue claims, these are things that just reflect the fact that we don't know people's intents. We don't know people's hearts. What God means here is not alternative facts and not untrue claims. We may inadvertently say things that aren't true and not mean to deceive anybody. That's just a mistake. What God hates is intentional deception. He doesn't just not prefer it. He hates it. He purposes himself to eventually eradicate it. Intentional deception. Now, it's, that's simple. That's something that we teach our children to understand. And as we think about it for ourselves, the question is, it's not did we say something that was clearly a lie, because there's ways to intentionally deceive people without saying things that are outright lies. The question is, do the people in my life better perceive the truth because of the way I use my words? Or is their perception of the truth distorted because of the way I use my words? That's the question because God hates intentional deception. He hates a lying tongue. He hates haughty eyes. He hates a lying tongue. He also hates hands that shed innocent blood, hands that kill innocent people. You know, when we look at abuse, like was mentioned, bullies, murderers, mass murderers, abortion, We get angry because of the loss of innocent life. And you need to know that God hates hands that shed innocent blood as well. He purposes himself against it. Now Jesus was the ultimate murdered innocent. And through him we can all be made innocent again. And in each one of these, you can see how God's purposes through Christ restore what ought to be here. He restores us to humble eyes. He restores us to being able to tell the truths with our tongues. And he restores our hands to where we can be a blessing to the innocent rather than harm the innocent. So he hates haughty eyes. He hates a lying tongue. He hates hands that shed innocent blood. He hates a heart that devises wicked plans. A heart that devises wicked plans, that schemes wicked things, that tries to figure out a way around what is true and good and right. Tries to figure out a way to get away with something that it knows is wrong. God hates that. Through Christ, we're given new hearts that can begin to devise and scheme ways of blessing and ways of doing good. But he hates hearts that devise ways of doing wicked, wickedness and evil. He hates haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans. 
He also hates feet that make haste to run to evil. This is referring to a quickness to do wrong rather than good. A quickness to do what is evil rather than what is righteous. You know, when given the choice, some would more quickly move toward the wrong instead of the right. And God hates that. He hates it. People who would more quickly lie than tell the truth, more quickly hurt than help, more quickly take than give. What God loves is a quickness to do what's right. Feet that make haste to run toward what is good. God also hates a false witness who breathes out lies. A false witness is somebody who makes innocent people look guilty. One example of this would be, you know what gossip is? It's talking about negative things about someone else to people that it has nothing to do with. Spreading negative stuff about people that's not anybody's business. That's gossip. There's a certain category of gossip that falls into this. And that's when you're gossiping things that aren't even true. You know, some people try to justify their gossip and say, well, I didn't say anything that isn't true. Now, that doesn't justify it. But here we see that God hates untrue gossip. He hates a false witness. He hates someone that incriminates somebody else falsely. In the, in the formal judiciary sense of it and in the informal conversational sense of it, he hates that. What he loves is people who speak the truth in love. People who... Uh, spread in their wake a, uh, a more charitable view of others rather than a harsher view of others. It says here he hates a false witness who breathes out lies, just breathes them out like carbon dioxide. He hates that. He loves people that, that breathe out truth and blessing and grace and mercy, who speak well of others or say nothing. Finally, He hates one who sows discord among brothers. One who spreads trouble among those who should be united. One who turns families against themselves and churches against themselves and brothers and sisters against themselves. He hates. The question here is, are people more united because of our influence or more alienated from one another because of our influence? He loves... Those who sow peace among brothers. Remember, Jesus came to reconcile people to God and to one another. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. So here we have six things the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. That's a, that's a pattern you'll see through Proverbs. It's a sort of literary way of saying it. He hates haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. So we need to ask ourselves before we pray together, are our eyes haughty or humble? We need to think about the way we see people. Are our tongues deceitful or truthful? We need to think about the way we speak to people. Are our hands, do our hands hurt innocent people or help innocent people? We need to think about the way we treat people. Do our hearts devise evil plans or good plans? We need to think about the way we plot out and plan out our lives. 
Do our feet rush to evil or to good? We need to think about the things we're quick to do and the things we hesitate to do. Do we breathe out lies lies or truths about other people? We need to think about the effect we have on other people's perceptions of other people. And finally, do we sow discord or do we sow peace? We need to think about the effect we have on other people's relationships. Now, only Jesus perfectly embodies these things. We've all failed in some respect as we look at this list. And we have to think about it for a second and shudder at the fact that were it not for Jesus Christ and his mercy and grace, we would be in the category of people behaving in ways that God hates, that are an abomination to him. But Jesus absorbed all that wrath on the cross. He absorbed all that hatred on the cross. And so we finish our study of these verses looking together to Jesus. We look to him for the forgiveness for our failures here, and we look to him for the example and the power to be transformed into the things God loves. Humble, truthful, helpful, quick to do good, honest, loving people who are a blessing as Christians to the people in our lives. So let's pray for that together. Father, thank you for your word. Please press it upon our hearts and our souls. Convict us where we need to be convicted. Help us to repent and confess where we have sinned here. And Lord, help us all turn to Jesus from this passage and receive your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness and your full pardon. May everyone in here be transferred from being a child of wrath to a son of God. Or may we embody as a church the things you love. And may we set ourselves against the things you hate. In Jesus' name, amen.